This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's read and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out. For comic book commentary Spinning or winning inside Fix how they got a hot idea Narrative character visual tricks And onomatopoeia Uh-huh It's comic book commentary Hey, welcome to comic book commentary uh, I'm Danny Lore, One third of this episode uh, Welcome to the quarter trailer team as we go through issue two of Quarter Killer, which is up now on Comixology's Originals. Uh, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, uh, my name is Vita. I am sick right now, so sorry about this strange voice. And uh, I am co-writing Quarter Killer with Danny. And uh, my name is Jamie Jones. I am the uh, artist on the book. And uh, yeah, I write, or I don't write any of it, but I pencil ink and color the book so yeah you, you kind of write it a little like you you know we all uh, exchange when out. there's when there's some fight scenes i, I am very <laughs> yeah there's a exchange of ideas this is true um okay so i guess we'll just jump right into the issue oh. i'm not gonna argue with jamie about whether or not he writes because <laughs> he does <laughs> um <laughs> Um, yeah, let's, let's hit this issue with uh, starting on the on that front, on that cover, which is really mm. good. Uh, yeah, tell me about this cover, Jamie. Uh, well, we talked about in the beginning of, of what we wanted to do for the covers and just kind of feature a different character of the QK team. And uh, now we have Lotech fixing, fixing a baton that was... Uh, damaged in the last issue so the first issue ends with uh low-tech fixing a baton and starts issue two with him fixing that baton this is my uh way of uh, i like covers that do something for the story on the inside uh, and not just images so that's kind of my way to tie in the issues as they as they uh as they go, that is just a little thing that I try to do for every issue. I uh, had no idea, um, but now that you say that, it makes total sense, and that is really cool. I love that continuity kind of stuff. Yeah, I uh, Watchmen covers are great because of that. Uh, for, for me, they are good covers standing on a, um, standing alone, but they're the first panel in the in the issue. Um, 
Ooh. So everyone go and do a reread of Watchmen <laughs> and like look at those first panels, um, those first covers as a panel in the book, and it's it's impressive. Um, um, so we're going to promise to be a little quicker uh, this time around because we hit like two hours last time. So sorry about that. Um, uh, just running through the uh, title page, we talked about kind of stylistically what it means in the last uh, com- com- commentary we did for Quarter Killer. So go check that out. It is long, but it it sets up a lot so we can be shorter now. Um, but just to reiterate, uh, Jamie... Jamie Jones on Lines and Colors, Vita Ayala and Danny Lohr on Scripts. Uh, Ryan Ferrier um, is our letterer and designer. He is uh, the like the linchpin that holds us all together. Um, Adrian Lopes uh, is our editor. Bless. Bless. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, Tim Daniel did our logo, which is still just such so a... So perfect. Uh, such a blessing. It's it's really great. Um yeah, uh, so. Side note, my brother's favorite thing about issue one was <laughs> was this was the title page. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Was all Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamie, you're good. But this title <laughs> was like, this title page is looks so good. Uh, he's a musician. He's a professional musician. Okay. So oh, that makes sense. That's like, like been like an even higher compliment, honestly. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad uh, he's picking up what we're throwing down. <laughs> All right. So like we said, we're going to promise to go a little quicker, but we do want to spend time uh, talking about the things that we find important. So uh, I think the first page is uh, not that deep, but also really, really great. Uh, it's not only stylistically and, 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 and kind of like artistically beautiful, but we open up on High Top, who is truly my my terrible son. I love him very much. um we open up in the middle of a chase scene on this very very cyberpunk kind of like street uh and high top is driving this bonkers like motorcycle which to me in my mind is like the futuristic version of the motorcycle from bed knobs and broomsticks (laughs) (laughs) um and he has Whatever he has been getting up to, he has taken Aya with him, which means he's put a minor in danger, which is on brand for him. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we open up uh, and Aya's like, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. This is a lot. Um, they're being chased by a van that has both mechanical arm. No, that's two people out of the side. It looks like a mechanical <laughs> arm. Uh, but it has teeth, which is, I think, very on brand for us. Um, yes. I don't think that there's a single thing... Um, Jamie, that you've drawn that hasn't had kind of little extra detail notes to really this, make it interesting. Uh, so this particular issue, and I think I found it more uh, going forward. The book gets a lot more cartoony. Um, issue one is is like super, I think super solid and and a little more middle of the road, and then we hit me having to draw cars and I was like, well, the book is going to be pretty cartoony and I'm going to put them in a Vespa, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) a Vespa with a sidecar. And it really changed the, the whole look of the book. Um, And just from a coloring standpoint, it is much more cell shaded Mm -hmm. um, in this issue. Uh, 
yeah so that's that's what i have to say about the slight stylistic adjustment i won't even say change but it was definitely an adjustment uh, moving forward that's awesome i um, also already messed this up but this is all of our issues have have titles like have subtitles so this is track two the boy next door uh go ahead Danny. uh so this kind of covers like the first three pages or so um but aside from wanting something really goofy, I'm in general really bad at sound effects. And this is a series that sound needs effects. them. <laughs> so, like, part of the goal with this opening scene was just the excuse to have outrageous sound effects because then I was forced to use them. Um, it's beautiful. Which is how we end up with Yoink. I love yes. it. I love uh, it so much. And uh, um, lots of magnets. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. So one of the things just about this whole scene in general. Uh, so just to set it up so we don't have to read like literally panel by panel. Uh, it seems like High Top owes some folks money. And so he is running away from them. Um, and then he gets an assist by on the first page. You don't know who it is, but clearly it's going to be Quarter Killer because those shoes are dope. Uh who has magnetic shoes and a magnetic glove that allows them to yank all, like stick to the sides of cars and yank up all of these like guns and stuff, which I had a lot of fun with. And clearly Jamie also had a lot of fun with. Uh, I would like to point out it's on the second page. Mm -hmm. uh, The pow on the (laughs) final panel Mm -hmm. is uh, you don't, you don't do this a lot when you're lettering, but Ryan takes away all the rules. It is a it is just the outline. Oh, because perfect. and it's placed over the characters. That is something that I would have done that stylistically uh, if I was if I was also doing the sound effects for the book. Mm. But uh, because I want to have the image being shown through. Yeah. Um, it's I don't know, Ryan's a beast and uh, very very good at his job. He he may be and uh, and makes makes stylistic choices perfect he actually has the p i'm just now noticing this the p the the curvature of the p follows the curvature of the bad guy's glasses and it's like damn ryan (laughs) and also shout out to you jamie uh these these goons what it like looking like bebop and rocksteady's human forms pretty great (laughs) (laughs) that's on purpose (laughs) yes it, clearly, but you really, I love, I love the weird kind of details that you give each character, even if we're never going to see them again. Like this was our TMNT adventures, like theme. Yeah, one, this right? is the Turtles in Time. Yeah, yes. in- inspired issue um, for sure. Yeah, this is great. I love it very much. The one of the things I really love that you do um, when you're doing close-ups is you don't skimp. You don't put in mega detail, which I think can be very distracting, but you do not skimp on texture and on kind of like interesting things to look at. And so like going into page from the bottom of page two in that POW panel, which is incredible, into the splash page of page three, um, this is, it's a splash page. It's an extreme close up, but it's almost like you're using color and texture instead of like super hyper defined line work to give all of the impressions of everything we need, including like buildings and action. Um, And that is something I really loved. It's the beauty of being my own colorist, uh, really. Like, uh, I'm sure if Todd McFarlane was coloring 
Spawn back in the day, he would have done more color holds. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't have relied so heavily on the actual, like, noodling of line work. But, uh, yeah. I've been looking at a lot of Spawn recently, guys. <laughs> and, it's, and it's informing a lot of what I do, but in the colors, which is weird. So, like, just replacing line work with uh, intricate coloring detail or intri- intricate coloring line work uh, is something that I've started doing more and more. I love it. Um, and a lot too here uh, in the backgrounds and in all of the effects, like the rain effects and the, and the magnet effects, you not using kind of black outline here, but instead using the colors like the palette is really interesting and also f- makes it feel immersive in a way that like, I, I, it makes it feel real, even though it's clearly cartoony. Do you know what I mean? Like I can, I, I know kind of how far those buildings are and I understand kind of the relation of everyone because you're not just using black lines to kind of outline everything. I, I think that that is something that's really, really kind of lush for the eye to look at as well. Thank you. Uh, uh, so this is one of probably my top two pages you've drawn for the entire book so far. Um, mainly just because it's like, as V was talking about, like, the motion and the cartoon work is really great, but my favorite moments are when you're just drawing QK when they're, they just get to be show offy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like literally like I remember when we were working on scripting this page, it's like the point of this was, was just the show off. Um, especially since, you know, every, you know, we try to give QK villains that are like really intense but like this is that that pre-commercial pre-theme song teaser. Yes. Um, exactly. which we have now. We yeah. have a theme song, guys. Yes, and uh I will make sure when this goes out to to tweet out that. It was done by my brother uh, RD Ash who among other things is also an a visual artist, but he does a lot of music stuff too. Um so it's we're so going to Yeah, it's called Dip Switch. I'm super into it. Um so Moving on from the from page three splash post the post theme song scene. Now we're entering that. Um, so page four, we're back in the rogues gallery, which is the name of the arcade that is both the quarter killers base of operations and also their home. Um, this page is mostly about quarter killer being real mad that high top endangered his life and high top not quite understanding that it like what the big deal is uh because he's just i feel like high top and low tech grew up kind of being in danger all the time mostly high top's fault i'm sure um and so he's just like this is normal right this is normal for an eight-year-old to be like in a high-speed like vespa chase with people shooting at them right this is good (laughs) um and so it's kind of that we're giving kind of a touchstone uh or for the dynamic of the group. I think it something that's important to me at you know in each issue is to kind of reestablish how these people interact with each other um to give that baseline even if you've read the last issue I'm so used to reading monthly comics that sometimes you need just a little something at the top of an issue to show you how these people you know what their relationships are. Um what there's some, I feel like oh yeah and here we we kind of push to that high top is a DJ and that his music is mad experimental 
Um, and so that failed experiments. I, you know, he, he wouldn't say they were failed. He would say that, you know, which tells me they're failed littered with broken tracks. Like I just, don't, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, we find out that basically he did a DJ set and he destroyed all of the equipment just based on the, the sounds, the noises that were coming out of his machine. Uh, he destroyed all of these people's stuff. And so they want their money back. And he's like, mm, but I did what I said I was coming to do. Uh, so. Uh, it was also really important for me, at least everyone that I know at least has that cousin with the mixtape that you wish would stop telling you about the mixtape <laughs> desperately. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, <laughs> they may not actually fry your equipment, but it feels emotionally and inside your brain like they're frying your equipment every time you listen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the <laughs> high top is that for everyone across the board he's that cousin capital c capital c like across the board um so moving into the next i'm going quickly through these kind of setup pages because i believe that there's some stuff kind of deeper in that we all want to talk about but again please pick up the issue and read it this all has stuff in it that is both fun and important um but i don't i don't want to spend two hours on it um so uh, on page five, um, more admonishment, and then QK and Aya go to the only remaining payphone in the city uh, and use a quarter and make a call. And then we flip over and we see the inside of a very lovely apartment, a very homey apartment with uh, like a hand, like a hand, like a cordless handset, but it's still at this point, a super old phone, which is really weird to me because I grew up with my grandmother having a rotary phone, but like, this is the future equivalent of a grandma phone. <laughs> um, and then last panel on page five, you had an extreme close up on a woman's chin. And she says, I'm gonna need you to come in, which just imagine that said by Loretta divine, please. That's what we were going for. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're moving into six and Danielle, I'll hand it off to you to talk about this scene. Okay, so probably second concept we ever came up with for this book was the purpose for the quarters, um, which was to play the arcade games and call mama. Um, and so we decided to keep that and just go very early into introducing uh mama killer that's not that's right, not right. But no. <laughs> no 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 please <laughs> qk's mama uh into this uh, <laughs> listen i've been reading a lot of spawn we're good <laughs> we can have mama killer <laughs> that's intense Mrs. killer <laughs> and and just might be my mother uh <laughs> <laughs> cannot but, confirm nor deny uh, so what was really important to me uh, with a lot of the world building of this issue is um, locationally, it's pulling a lot from what I remember as a kid, um, older versions of the apartment I grew up in um, when I was giving like Jamie references for it. Uh, and also just unquestionably that QK's mom is important to them and the world stops for her. Um, again, cause this is very action adventure. And a lot of times either that protagonist 
doesn't have actual like family or it's played as a like a full joke and it was really important for us not to do that yeah i one of the things yeah exactly i I think that the kind of hero that qk is is often like the lone wolf or like whatever and and either they have a terrible relationship with their family where there was like a horrible thing that happened or their villain origin not villain but their hero origin story is that their family was killed and we were like no you can still want to help people even though you have a you know a support system in fact probably more you want to help people if you have a support system also like there are different avenues to becoming a badass if you have you know a family there who believes in you um, yeah. uh and also one of the things that was important that we figured out kind of early on is that this was also an avenue for for uh for the the whole crew, but for QK in particular to go on adventures. And so this particular, the boy next door adventure comes from mom. So that's where the side quest comes from. Um, and mom, if anyone has a mom like mine or Danny's, it's always, you know, looking around and seeing what's going on. And I get a call every once in a while. Oh, this nice, this nice boy needs help or, Oh, this person's trying to do X, Y, and Z. And you know how to do that. And it's like, mom, I don't know these people, but you asked me. And also I don't know how to do that thing. So yeah, often, but it's just like, okay. And so um, you know how to press the on button on the computer. Therefore they're like, Oh, the entire household got a virus. Can you fix it? And you're like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I and also I don't know these people. It's just that. And so, so this like, is fantasy fulfillment in which we can both help those people and use computers. Yes. Both. <laughs> Um, so mama, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Kid asks, uh, QK to help the good boy next door who she hasn't seen in a while. And she's worried about him because there's some trouble in the building and she just wants QK to make sure that they are, or that he, the, the boy is okay. So we're going to move on to, oh, and then the last panel on this page is a picture of that boy, <laughs> that boy, um, playing future video games. It's got a whole headset on and it's, I really want one of these machines. Uh, Do you? Yeah. Uh, no, that'd probably be the worst. Uh, so <laughs> then, and we transition onto the next page, which uh, shows us the Gamer Boys crew, which is uh, a crew of three teenagers in this building who are teenagers. They're having fun. They're playing video games, being ridiculous. Uh, and they're just super cute. Uh, uh, so, yeah. so one of the things I kind of want to bring up early, uh, because there's a likelihood that we kind of like go back to it a couple of times. So one of the things that drives me up the wall sometimes, and this happens with like, say Black Mirror and a lot of the more current, like things that deal with technology is this weird concept that you can't critique technology without hating technology. Mm-hmm. So the idea, at least for me, behind, like, this issue, which is very much a video game issue, um, it was, like, QK is a tech hero. Like, that's their core. And making a story in which they are dealing with specifically a tech threat and a tech problem uh, and video games without making it so the story is that all video games are bad. Um, And so that was kind of why we picked particular twists we do, uh, why 
we decided like this focus to be with the kids and the later uh, antagonists. Yeah, that is a very good point. Um, I 100% co-sign. I, uh, we all clearly love video games and technology. We are writing a cyberpunk story and we are fascinated by it. This is not a universe in which we are saying technology is evil and bad, but we are really interested in talking about how technology intersects both with with class and with um, with like progress and what that means for the different kind of people along the way and how it affects them. Um, sorry, my brain is like completely sick. Uh, so the, the gamer boys are playing video games and they're doing what kids do and there's a knock on the door and a creature straight out of a creepier, eerie magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that face is... Oh my God. It's perfect. Uh, is at the door. Um, and what we learned here is that the, the consoles um, interact directly with your brain and this person uh, could not pay for their subscription and they're trying to, um, they're trying to see if they can set something up. And so another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just, this is kind of something that I wanted to talk about a little bit, so I might take like a minute or two, um, uh, and we can just blow through the scene, but one of the things that we wanted to do is, if, and clearly we have, uh, if we talk about kind of drugs and drugs in our community and, and kind of some of the issues that come with addiction, we didn't want to tell the story that is just told every week on Law and Order. It's a bunch of brown kids who do drugs and then get shot or whatever. Um, I, something that interested me was talking about what, so coming from the Lower East Side and coming from the Lower East Side in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, this is something that's really important to me and thinking about how addiction kind of runs through community and thinking about how we kind of, who we think of as being the people that perpetuate it, but also um, what it does to people. Um, and I just, it was really important to me to be able to talk about it in a way that was pulled back enough where we weren't judging anyone, um, but also kind of show in, in a very kind of, I don't know, I think cartoony is the wrong way, but in a very kind of exaggerated way, the things that you see when this is part of your everyday life. 
Um, so this isn't like us trying to make fun of anyone, but this is also like us trying to be like, we don't want to be subtle, but we don't want to hurt anyone in the process. At least that's, that was where I was coming from when we were deciding to kind of take this on and take on this topic. Um, and I say that all because, uh, on the next page, uh, it becomes clear that these three kids are involved with selling this subscription that addicts people to playing these games that changes your brain chemistry and gives you all it, you basically you get high as you play the game. Um, and it is something that is kind of rooted uh, or taken root in this, in this building, in this community. Um, but we see very quickly that the person that's actually perpetuating this is, uh, is the kind of person that would be legally required to arrest all of the people involved, um, is the nicest way to say that. Um, and so as we move through the scene, and if there's anything I'm skipping over that you want to talk about, guys, please stop me. Um, we'll move through the scene, and basically it becomes clear that there is a police officer who has kind of strong-armed and manipulated these kids into being essentially drug runners for him. And they don't really have, they don't really have a way out of that. Um, you know, there is a person that not only has authority because they're an adult, but also the legal authority to victimize them. And he is using them to then kind of harm their own community um, in what seems at first to be kind of a like almost like a ridiculous way. Right. It's just like, oh, these are video games. But these video games in particular are changing the physical structure of people's brains and harming their bodies as well as their minds. Um and, you know, one of the things, again, that we want to talk about is kind of like what it means when you have marginalized populations being policed by people who are let to run free and do whatever they want um, to the people in the community that they're policing. Um, so this cop comes and he he kind of throws the addicted person out of the apartment. And then he's like, you guys are slacking. I need you to stop like having fun and go and basically sell more drugs for me that was kind of also the inspiration for the way that the gamer boys talk specifically. Right. Um, one of the ways to show that they're completely out of their depth uh, and really don't have control in the situation uh, is that we lean towards them having completely game related slang. Yeah. Uh, that they're mm -hmm. so kind of divorced from the reality of what they're involved in. They're children. That every, yeah, they're children. They, <laughs> children. you know, like they see it as raiding loot uh, when he's literally using other language and telling them to go out and get people to get subscriptions and to get more people uh, addicted. Uh, these kids are fun are like functioning like a, a different plane of reality. And that was, you know, one, it's fun to kind of like make that sort of language, but it was very specifically to show like, oh, they, they just have no concept of reality at this point. Yeah. I mean, and part of it too is that they're all, they are all playing this game. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they are able to play the game because they get other people to play the game. It's the worst freaking, uh, you know, pyramid scheme of all time. Um, and they were purposely addicted to the game and then kind of now are used to perpetuate it. Um, also when I, just thinking about these kids, um, I was thinking about the Baker Street Boys and Sherlock Holmes and kind of like these kids that would get in trouble, but then like 
they need someone to give them a kind of a purpose for all this energy that they have. <laughs> and so just keep that in mind and, uh, as, as you kind of go through the issue. Um, you know, these are, these are not bad kids. These are kids that, like Danny said, they're operating on a completely different plane of kind of understanding um, and also are being manipulated. Um, and they need, they need somewhere to redirect that energy. Um, so they have this interaction with the cop who threatens them. Um, he's pretty racist, pretty terrible, no sugarcoating it, uh, which is pretty, pretty much. He gets his comeuppance. He sure does. Um, (laughs) and, uh, going off quickly, going off of what Danny said too. Um, so we did want to represent how we wanted to represent the situations and we'll see this later. So I won't get too much into it um, of how differently these kids kind of view the world and how their lens is very young and also very like, I mean, they're all about video games, but very fantastical. And so there are parts that you see in the real world that you will then be able to see later on, not through their eyes, but kind of through the lens that they um, that they're operating under. And I thought that was really cool. Um, But so moving on to page 10, uh, all the kids where help is on the way. Yes. They're like, I hate this guy. And their their console trip, their gamer box, is uh, is watching them. And uh, we get our uh, not the first view, uh, but I think the one of the the focal view of Sim One of Aya's little robot friend uh, doing the good work and uh, following the cop around. And. Uh, also we, fixed from last issue, like it's yes. the first time. Yeah. Like we, like we end with with Aya fixing Sim One at the uh, at the end of issue one, and then going into issue two. All right, we've got a fully fixed bot that might have been adjusted to help say, the crew. I was going to say it looks different, and I love that. And that was uh, that was actually something that I wanted to talk about uh, just in general. But yeah, I, I love one of the things that I like is uh in continuities is when things change um and they have weight and so the idea that yeah they fixed sim one and uh now sim one is part of the crew is really cool i think about like games like uh i got my brother risk legacy did i get him Risk Legacy? i think i got it for him uh and that is a risk game where every time you play you change the board and it's just changed forever and i love stuff like that um so yeah jamie i think that that's freaking awesome i also uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that like fourth panel, um, with like mm-hmm. the the goggle view, and it's just it reminds me so much of the moment like stuff gets real in issue one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is the turn right here. Yeah. yeah, this is it where we've we've gone from like it's all fun, but we've gone from the like more lighthearted stuff to all right now it's business time. Um, now the job is begun. <laughs> Uh, yes. So moving through, I'll move through this really quickly, but we needed to kind of show a little bit more what the stakes were with this cop. He's pretty gnarly to these kids, but it's one thing to kind of like, it's one thing to be gnarly to kids. It's another thing to be gnarly to an old lady. That's what you're like. It's one thing to like, this is really terrible, but we're really used to seeing people be very bad to their kind of, not employees, underlings is a better way to describe the situation um, in in all kinds of media, right? So like 
you know, a bad guy will be like, oh, and they'll do, like abuse their henchmen, but then they'll go out and they're super charming uh, or whatever. And one of the things that I, I thought was actually really important to this story uh, is to get an understanding that he doesn't care, actually. He's really, really scary all the time. He is absolutely an abusive person and also like the kind of representation of abusive authority in situations like, I mean, these people live, they live in the projects, right? Um, he is the person that goes around and makes them feel like they are less than that is his job or his, his, he's taken it on as his job. And so we have a page of him like doing that to someone who is not technically working for him, which I thought was really, it showed a lot of the stakes. Also, Jamie, let's be real being mean to an old lady is like pretty rugged. (laughs) Knocking on her door and making her feel unsafe in her own kind of space is pretty intense. Um, Yes. yes, But it was also a way to juxtapose um, on the next page how the... Uh, Actually... Oh, God. uh, Just right before you go, uh, it was also important for us to... Again, we were talking about this being a video game issue, but video games not being the actual problem. And here's uh, where we actually start discussing that yes uh in story where these consoles are tied into their leases and their ability to live Mm -hmm. uh in their homes um and that's kind of part of the reason that officer lucas can function with such impunity um here uh he he is a company man he is a he is a police officer but um he has ties to the organization that owns these projects and that uh, quote unquote allows people to live in them. And yeah, we also did low key want to talk a little bit about really terrible predatory, uh, like lease like agreements and stuff like that. And how people take advantage of folks who just literally just want to live. Um, and this was actually a really great place for it as well, because I know me and Danny have lived in New York for our entire lives pretty much and uh, have had to sign leases or at least read leases. And it's, it can be real, real gnarly. Um, And the way that we treat people who don't make, who are not upper middle class uh, in New York, in this country, but in New York in terms of like allowing them to literally just have a place to live is truly, truly nightmarish. Um, so we're commenting a little on that too. Uh, and kind of the things that you have to do in order to just literally secure a place to lay your head. So we also wanted to juxtapose how, how the officer runs through and kind of like throws his weight around versus how these kids kind of like do what they do. And it's very different. These kids are again, approaching this as children and they're just kind of like, imagine them. They're, Almost like selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> they're just like they like selling the, the the fruit snacks on the train. <laughs> yeah, they're just like one dollar, two packs. Like they're just like we just want money for you know whatever we want money for. Um, and then they are snatched into an apartment. <laughs> just and also like the the timing of just as one of them thinks that like he's about to be bold. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and then immediately talking. reminded that uh, he's not that dude. Yeah, you are not grown. You are a child. <laughs> oh, man. 
so yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll let I'll let you guys take over. I feel like I've been talking too much, so I just wanted to move us through. Uh, I no, just that was a good rundown. I I do love how uh, Jamie how you did the uh, the dark shadows in panel two for that like reintroduction of QK, and it's it's great because I love the difference between people who know QK or when we have QK's perspective. Versus the way that you draw QK when someone is experiencing QK. Yeah, he's yeah. he's Batman, right? Like that's that's the reason Batman is fun as a character is you can like his his cape gets longer, his horns get bigger uh, if if you are experiencing the character as opposed to just like the reality of a guy dressed up like a bat uh, <laughs> is not always fun. Um, it's the same thing, like, whenever Quarter Killer is doing something cool or or intimidating people, he has the actual ability of going through and manipulating the space with technology. So, like, they walk into a room and the whole room is black, but the but the uh, floor is glowing. Like, there's no... In, in no reality is that ever going to be a thing, but it sure looks cool. Yes, it sure does. <laughs> mm. Dave, do you want to talk about this or Jamie, about this scene? Uh, so, this is the moment in which QK has, like, 100% invested into this mama mission, which is now what I'm going to call it. Um... <laughs> uh, but it's it's that moment you know when teenagers are like crapping themselves in fear but like hell if they're gonna tell you Mm. um until it's just like nah that's not gonna work i'm not as i'm not as like pseudo brave um and also just that moment of qk immediately realizing the sort of like people these kids are and is one of the only people that speaks to them in their language yeah Uh, yeah that was really cool that was something that you did that i was super into i was just like it's really important that if this wasn't a drug system qk probably plays these games you know like the they this is this is a world that like qk exists in and understands in a way that other characters don't necessarily uh because this is this is where qk grew up this is this is their home it also led to my favorite line that i've ever written and will ever write uh, on the next page just the uh qk referring to themselves as a cheat code <laughs> yeah that is pretty great that is pretty great oh, um, but like so here we get like the backstory and um, just kind of how they wrap, like they got wrapped up in this, um, and connecting everything officially to uh, Pin Industries. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into the backstory here because we kind of like mentioned it in the commentary prior to this moment. Uh, but Jamie, that video game panel is real good. Oh my god! So- the video game panel, uh, <laughs> interestingly was originally written as Turtles in Time. Um, (laughs) And I was like, there's no way in hell these kids are jazzed about playing Turtles in Time. Yes, that's 100% fair. (laughs) From from like an immersive video game thing 
But, uh, so I tried to make it more MMO, uh, based and like, I love playing Borderlands with my friends. Yeah. And yeah. That is super, like, I was like, man, but it, it, there's a lot of like retro space suits in that. And, and, uh, yeah, it's just fun, fun kind of stuff that I don't know. I, I would, ra- I would like to play this video game. That's yeah, kind of how I, I feel. So, I like, giant monsters that. with tentacle things. <laughs> he has, like, a... It's just, like, a hole for a nose, which is really freaking me out. Which is pretty good. Yeah, I have no idea. I just drew it. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where it's just... You're mindlessly doodling, and then you just do stuff. It's just fun. Just You've- I wanted it to look fun. Yes, and, it is. Uh, I have fun looking at that panel. <laughs> and this is why we say that you write. Yeah. <laughs> it's also important to note, too, that, like, you here have captured, I think, the joy that I first felt playing Turtles in Time. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, right. I is- love playing Turtles in Time. <laughs> this is that but- for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You you killed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. On the next page, top of 14, this panel is very simple, but it's also like QK is just so cool. <laughs> um, the look, I kind of want this hairstyle now. I might have to go do that. I mean, you're getting closer. I'm pretty you, sure. you are. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> um, yeah, Danny, please. Or Jamie, please keep taking us through. Um, yeah, I guess this is, this is QK doing his his QK thing, confiscating these, I'm assuming, hundreds of dollars worth of uh, video game equipment from these kids. Basically just like, you know, cutting them off cold turkey. Um, And he's going to go modify these. He puts on the machine and and goes into the game. And that's the next, it's literally the next page. So, Um, Also, again, with the uh so we, so Vita and I have done a lot of sitting there and like jokingly doing the math on how many quarters each job would be. Uh, there was an early version of this script that as plot points occurred, we were tracking the quarters being added or taken away of the complexity of this script. Uh, and so this kind of paid joke about adding the quarters uh, is kind of what made it to to this. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to keep in a little nod to it. I thought it was cute. I think so. Yeah. And this kid just, again, like Aya in the first issue, this kid being like, wait, quarters? What? What are you even talking about right now, man? What are, what are quarters for? Um, like, has this, like, scene has been, like, terrifying, like, to the point where, you know, Leonard here just, like, shared his entire backstory and then, like, QK starts talking quarters. Like, it is even wilder the more and more you think about it from those kids' perspective. Yeah, it would be like if someone rolled through and started talking about A-Tracks as if they were, like, a real currency. Bullions. What? Bullions, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, I don't know, man. Uh, So, going going forward and to jamie going completely wild yeah i'd love jamie for you to talk about this scene um just to set it yeah this is i was waiting that was kind (laughs) of everything else is kind of like story driven you guys 
plotting stuff out. And now it's just me putting a bunch of video game references more, <laughs> more and more. Um, so QK plugs into the machine. Um, it's green. Everything QK does is orange. So that's just a, a, a little nod, I guess, to um, it being a different thing. Uh, then he gets into the world and there's some, some bad guys and there I is a the shy guy. <laughs> shy guy is great. A piranha plant and a, a and a looking, Koopa. <laughs> looking like Shy Guy from but like Silent Hill the, Shy Guy. <laughs> I was gonna say Sam from Trick or Treat. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it needed to be creepy versions of of all like there's Goombas. I draw Goombas in this. Um, tons of tons of different stuff. Just to, um, to, to clarify, so like there are going to be some panels sprinkled throughout that are in the real world, and in the real world, Low Tech is protecting Q's body with the real shotgun. <laughs> in the real world, as Q goes through uh, this adventure, so again, yes. the, the player icon is great. By the way, the little mm-hmm. yellow marker. Yeah. yeah, that was something I uh, I thought was almost necessary, right? Like, one, it keeps... We know who our main character is, and it kind of draws focus to him or them. Um, and, uh... And, and it, it, yeah. And it's... He, uh, Quarter Killer's all blue in this yeah. video game, because you know, uh, their their batons are all blue uh-huh. in, in reality. So, you know, yeah, we have electric powers. They're blue electric powers. Just, just for a, just for a continuity thing on my end, uh, and for my sanity. Um, uh, also, Bebop yeah. comes in and is there. Uh, yeah, just little things. He's fighting crazy guys, or they're fighting crazy guys. I have only messed up pronouns in this particular uh, interview. Uh, <laughs> You're doing what you can. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite panels is uh, QK getting hit. So good stuff. The I color just, split on page yeah, I, sixteen. I don't even know where that came from. I think I just did that. It was so one of those magical like mess ups, uh, or not even mess ups because it was very. It, it was just me figuring out how to make a video game attack look cool. Um. Yeah, I, we get. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, I was just. Uh, I think as of yesterday, I was talking with Vita, and I was like, "Yeah, there's lots of licensing things that are really cool, but I just want us to get a side scroller." And yeah, like yes, oh, a hundred percent. Just or QK like a, and a side scroller, or a or a tabletop R- RPG. That's what I'm... Both. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we yeah. can write that. We can that's do that. true. We should. In fact, um, we're going to be working on that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's now a thing. <laughs> um, oh, uh, panel... Oh, this is the other thing. Since I made everything kind of Mario-themed, uh, QK on that page, what is that, 18 or something? 16, I think. 16? 16. 16 uh, shoots a Koopa with a putt-putt. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was just a just a reference uh then qk goes down and like warp skips a bunch of levels and goes to lobby level 
And uh, then, the Albuquerque joke, the best. I, I try. I try. Yes. This is my one actual contribution to this issue. <laughs> is that Albuquerque Fantastic. joke? Oh, there's there's a Charizard in. <laughs> In just like a background guy, like oh yeah, there's like a Totodile and a Charizard. <laughs> this is me looking at this from a long time ago. Um, yeah, and then bad guy. Oh right, so one of the sorry, one so one of the panels on page sixteen. Uh, there are two panels in the real world. One of them is again, uh, uh, low kind of checking in with QK because one of the things about this system, which I we kind of explain in the actual text, so you should read it, is that you it's truly immersive in that you feel kind of pain or whatever that happens to you in the system in real life. It won't kill you or anything like that, but you feel it. And so Q has been shot and was like, hey, are you okay? But the other real world panel is, is Officer Lucas, is the cop. Um, and uh, basically- Looking full on horror. Yeah, that's a frightening panel. Uh, it's incredible. Um, but basically what Q is doing is hacking the game from within the game. So they're kind of going through uh, and skipping on these levels or whatever to get to the actual source code and to trace back where some of this stuff is streaming from and to kind of like do that kind of like fun hackery stuff. We just chose to represent it by, you know, QK fighting a bunch of like video game monsters. In a fun comic book way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in a way that's actually dope to look at. Uh, but that's like QK is hacking the game and messing with the game. Um, and so Officer Lucas being the person in charge of kind of that system in this building for this complex gets a warning that the game is being hacked. And so that's where the real world danger kind of comes in going into page 17. And that's, that's Sim alerting them, right? Yes. Uh, in, yes. In three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And yep. so. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the real world stuff. And then Lucas, Officer Lucas, becomes part of the game itself. Or it's, and my nightmares officially. Yeah, that's some gnarly, some gnarly shite. Yeah, some some bad pig guy, right, <laughs> with a mustache. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love the um, again, another another putt putt. <laughs> shooting, shooting some guys, uh, and um, so Officer Lucas is coming for Q in real life. Yes, and yeah, Lowe, yeah. Low is like, oh snap, it's my time to shine. Not really. Low is very worried. Low is stressed all of the time. Yes, uh, um, but yeah, sorry. And gets shot at and is grazed by bullets. Uh, yeah. Low is. The thud, I love the thud, just bring it back to Ryan on page 17. I don't the know. hearts. The hearts, yes, that was something that I uh, really wanted to, to do, uh, just to show. Yeah, I, think I mean, it's a, it's a very, really it's a, cool well, it was more, it's more old school. That's yeah. <laughs> you know, what it comes down to is... Uh, you can have a health bar and that looks cool and that looks kind of modern, but we make so much, so many references to older video games that having the hearts is this, I think a clearer uh, expression of how much damage a thing is actually doing. Yeah. The, the, um, the visual of losing three and a half hearts hurts me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
and then uh, we move on, and uh, QK is is kind of all glitch glitching out because they have lost so many hearts and uh, so much power. Uh, Low tech is shot or is grazed by bullets that are being shot. Yes. I was going to say, we totally forgot to talk about this, but uh, one of the things uh, that was uh, important about the source code and the kind of what QK is doing is that all the bad guys are actually people playing the game. (laughs) So the game draws power from the people that are playing it. And so Q has basically had to find a way to like defeat them without killing them, not because they'll die in real life, but because he's hurting people or they're hurting people. See, I mess it up now. Um, and they don't want to do that. And so when you see the big pig monster, uh, he's actually comprised of a bunch of people playing the game. And so Q is trying to do this like mental, mental math of like, all right, right. how do I do this without completely hurting all these folks? Um, which I totally forgot about until right this moment. Anyway, so sorry, back to, back to you. Um, yeah, QK just goes at this point. Uh, in in like kind of a last ditch, you have you're stronger when your health bar is lower, kind of a thing. Uh, kind <laughs> limit of breaks. Su- yeah, yeah, limit breaks. Goes a little supernova and uh, just figures out the way to uh, beat beat the big bad and, and goes directly for the eyes and goes directly and and uh, breaks the source code and has now fully broken into the game and and all of that good stuff. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. So we we tease Jamie a lot about uh, how much writing he does in an issue, uh, but I think this issue is one of the strongest examples uh, of that, um, in that, if I remember correctly, this is the issue where we were like, okay, here. this is like the first time that we're like, okay, like we're kind of doing this fight scene. And Jamie was just like, so I've like added like two, three pages um, <laughs> just because it looks cooler. And we look and we're like, oh yeah, we couldn't. That's all you, Jamie. Yeah, y'all <laughs> wrote a 23 page script, which just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'll just fix it. I'll, I'll add a page. And so I made it 24. Um which is fine. Uh, I would rather have a 24-page book that works when we print print the trade. Than, uh, and, and one of the nice things about doing this as a digital book as opposed to uh, a primarily printed book is the ability to kind of make those calls on the fly. Yes, that is really um, great. Yeah, uh, just because sure. of ha- just because of how you would read the pages, how the pages are processed. Uh, that being able to go like, cool, this this one needs an extra page, or I think three is even longer. <laughs> three, three is 26 pages, yeah. yeah. Um, being able to do that and Sorry. kind of like... <laughs> uh, kind of make, the, make those calls in a way that you wouldn't necessarily when it's, you know, single... Uh, when it's like a mainly printed single-issue format... Right. Uh, just because there's there's more involved in adding pages. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and then I guess the the final thing for this fight scene is uh, Low Tech beating uh, the big bad guy. Uh, 
and we find out that he doesn't have bullets in his gun, he has a net. So it's, it is, uh, so he captures the guy as opposed to just, uh, killing him. <laughs> so, yes. So yeah. Uh, he definitely. The moral code of the heroes. Yeah. It's probably. No killing. No killing. That's the rule. Take payment in quarters and no killing. Um, it was also just, uh, as, as someone, uh, you know, involved in creating this, I just really wanted to see the bad guy actually get his comeuppance and not like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, no, you don't get to just die. <laughs> and now you have to deal with the consequences of what you've done. Um, and, uh, I guess uh, let me let me take this final this page right before the and you guys can close up the 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 rest of the book. But this page, the page twenty, uh, I twenty twenty one twenty one. The like the page where all oh, the the, press. <laughs> the colors the press. on this page so good. Yeah, this is. The I, I think the first time the book looks truly cyberpunk. Um, I know yeah. we have gadgets and stuff, but this is now the world outside of uh, the 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 hood, right? Where it's the cyberpunkness isn't as prevalent. Like there's they still have technology, but now we have the people with the budgets the people with budgets (laughs) coming in with like everyone has crazy QK glasses everyone has like weird hairstyles everyone's in these full jumpsuits or or weird weird stuff and uh, even the like the actual police department has has like more (laughs) yeah everything looks like really crazy and wild and it's it's the world around the uh and oh the drones drones are the the cameras for all of the news people there are no news people there are no camera operators in in the future they just have these drones that fly around and capture the information so it's it's about the world more than i know there's things happening story wise in this but uh, no, this is it. this is actually for me the page. Not to you know, like get everyone hyped for issue three, which you should be. Yeah. This is the page to me that first starts hinting at the level of style that I think that you do in issue three, Jamie. Like I, you talk a lot about uh, really loving the groove that you find in issue three. Yeah, um, and I think like this is the page that like you see this page, and then you see the openings for issue three and you're like, yeah, this is, this is like the world in like a really kind of like hardcore way. Yeah. I I think that when I saw this the first time I was like, Oh snap, (laughs) we're in the future, son. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is the level up and and it works because it's like you immediately like fight that boss and then you feel the level up. Yeah. It just, I needed a moment where it's just like, oh yeah, it's the future. Right. So we are in the future. Um, so I like good. I'm I glad that worked like, for y'all too. But it feels also really organic. I think it's not like a shock of going from like, you know, one, one timeline to another. It's like, you've been hinting at all of this stuff with all the cool stuff that QK and crew have been doing all along. 
Um, and so when the press shows up in a jumpsuit that says press on it, I'm like, of course they did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah, they yeah. Like. It's like a Batman utility belt. I love they all have utility belts. It's the best. I love the guy. Uh, well, fanny packs, fanny packs are coming back. Guys. Yes, I love it. So listen, I own like three now. <laughs> right. So why wouldn't the future have fanny packs? That's <laughs> I like my I dude feel. that looks like Blue Beetle. Yeah. Well, that's the cop, yeah, right? That's yes. a cop. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cops have like body stockings. They kind of look like uh, Necron six thousand or whatever from Wizards. It's <laughs> 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 real, real wild. Also, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. It does a lot of like subtle work in giving you the world that I think you don't even realize that it's doing it, but you're priming people to really understand kind of where they are. Um, obligatory next page is obligatory bad guy page. Um, I had a lot of fun with just hinting at Becky 3000. <laughs> uh, you know, we get a page of her here and there, um, but that will continue to grow as we go from issue yeah. to issue. Um, I love uh, this was the fastest page drawn in the book <laughs> yes. for this issue. <laughs> um, I love it. I love the way that you have, even though she's a kind of like a, like a petite kind of person, she's looming over this big man who was scary right. in the rest yeah, of this yeah. issue. Um, she's ice cold, man. I love it. <laughs> she's the best. Uh, but yeah, so we find out here that the company that owns the Midway Projects uh, is the company that uh, Becky 3000 works for. And we also find out that this computer system is actually part of the R&D arm of the, of the company, which is also very important too. So in the leases, as mentioned earlier, you sign, a, you sign basically a waiver saying you will take part in trials in all kinds of trials, but it's never specified. And so this was one of the trials that these people had agreed to. Um, but the way that it's kind of exposed would basically give them bad press. And so she's cutting ties with, with Officer Lucas, who took advantage of kind of the system to make side profit. And she's like, luckily, you know, there's all this stuff uh in the least that covers us, but you, you got out of hand. And so she's kind of leaving him to rot. Um, so yeah, we get, we get a little bit more of kind of like what it means in this future to have all these private corporations have their fingers in all kinds of pies and, and what that means for people who are truly dependent on, on them. Um, which I think is pretty sinister. I think, Jamie, you did an incredible job of kind of using composition and color to really show just how gnarly that is uh, beyond the actual, like... I love your choice that anytime she's in a panel with, the, with Officer Lucas, that she's not a full... That she's not a full face. You get her details and you get her face when she's solo. But then, right. like, she's, she's a looming silhouette otherwise and it's, it's a Batman thing, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You, you <laughs> do Batman. real good. It's almost like you like comics. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so moving on just to the last two pages, Danny, do you want to talk about these last two pages? Uh, yeah. So we really wanted to bring it back to what the most important thing in this issue was, which is kind of the most important issue 
or most important thing in this series, which is this concept of family and a community and a support, and that they're that they're still there at the end of the day after the horrors, you know, after you know your big villain page. Um, there's definitely a version of this story that ends with the vi- villain page, much like we did in the in the first issue. Um, but you can't have an issue about Mama and not end with Mama. Um, just ask my mom. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of just doing a lot of uh, of homey stuff, but also bringing back just kind of this QK can be QK because of family. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, watching High Top and Aya function as basically siblings while Low Tech is the older sibling doing the actual work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also wanted to show, too, that, like, as much as ridiculous as all these characters are, like, they work. They all work. <laughs> like, yeah, High Top is that cousin, but, like, here he is, like, playing with the kid and, like, interacting with, you know, the kid and making sure, you know, that the kid isn't ignored. And then, like, that kind of, like, everyone has a, a place in a family, even if you're weird. <laughs> Especially if you're weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and also, uh, then we talk a little bit about Simwon is the most important member of this family. That's correct. Uh, either that or is an assassin that will take them all down. Who knows that yet? Might be true too. <laughs> um, also, then a little bit more conversation between Mama and QK about Aya in particular uh, and how much. And this kind of serves two purposes. One, obviously, talking a bit more about Aya's family and uh, Aya's mom. But also the fact that, like, that's how deeply involved Mama is in QK's daily life in in that family, in that found family life. Like, they've clearly talked about Aya. They have conversations. Yes. Um, it's... I think at this point, still, Aya doesn't know the connection between everyone. Um, which is going to be interesting to kind of play with later, but it it is something really great that like the warmth that this kid is able to have in her life, even if she doesn't understand why it's happening. Also, just to take it back a second, so like the second to last panel on on page twenty three, Low Tech's face is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so stoked that he fixed this record player and then I is beating high top up and it's really just the cutest thing on the planet. <laughs> oh my god. So cute. Uh, anyway, yeah, family. Warm stuff. Meaningful. That's really cute. Uh, um, yeah. And then the final page, which was uh, my my background on my phone for quite some time. I love this page dearly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just everyone being happy. Yeah. It's family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I just, it shows exactly how everyone fits and I love it. Um, I love it so much. I want a poster. Um, so that's the end of the issue. We end on a caption that says end, uh, I messed that up to say end track two, but that's on me. Uh, and then the next trap, the track is cream, but with a Q for quarters rule everything around me because I think I'm real clever. Um, this is one of the most fun projects that I've been able to be a part of. This is so deeply meaningful. And I think that to me, I can only speak for myself to me, 
the relationship that I have with my my co-creators uh, is reflected in kind of the book itself. Like to me, we're all family and we're we're all strange in our own ways, but we fit together really well. And I think that I think it shows. Uh, same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to get weepy at the end of this, so I can't like say anything else. I love um, y'all. We'll say. <laughs> this is. I feel like this is the project that we wanted to make because also we got to make it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, true. True. Yeah. So um, yeah, Danny, take us out. Uh, so kind of uh, as we wrap up. Uh, Again, you can pick up uh, issue two and issue one, if you haven't yet, of Quarter Killer uh, on Comixology uh, now. You can also pre-order the rest of the series. Yeah, for sure. Here's the thing. I didn't realize until... uh, so, So my girlfriend got me a Kindle for my birthday, which is great. If you have Amazon Prime or Kindle Read or Kindle Unlimited or, or Comixology Unlimited, it's a free download. Yeah, you can just read it. You, just, you can just read it. I did not realize that. <laughs> I have Amazon Prime and I was able to just like, I downloaded the book. It was free. You can do that. And um, if, you're, if you're nervous about supporting the team, you reading it on your like unlimited plan does help us. So yeah, uh, don't, so, so don't feel... So don't feel shy about that. Like just just read read some issues. Tell us what you think. Recommend it to some buddies. Yeah, review it if you can. Uh, oh. I think you might be able to review it uh, on there. I'm not 100 percent positive, but yeah, let's you can see. give it stars. Yes, give it stars, please. If Which know. are almost like hearts. Um, yeah. It's get, just raise our our SP and give us yes. Give us uh, that rate and review. Uh, we now need to get enough power that every time someone adds a star, we hear the little like Zelda heart music. Yes. yes. Uh, in my heart, I hear it every time you give us high scores. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so let's kind of go through uh, where you can find all of us uh, and kind of what we're working on right now uh, outside of Quarter Killer. Uh, so you can find me virtually any hour of the day, even while I'm sleeping on Twitter. Uh <laughs> I am Danny, in case that I, it's been lo- too long since I've said my name, uh, at WereDogs, W-E-R-E-D-A-W-G-Z, because I have a brand to maintain that's Hood Werewolves. Um, <laughs> right now, uh, I am wrapping up my first solo, cre- um, solo written uh, creator-owned series, um, Queen of Bad Dreams for Vault. Uh, so that Last issue will be coming out uh, pretty soon, uh, as well as the trade in December, which is a great time to go into the sh- shops if you don't usually, if you're a digital-only reader. Uh, if only because uh, Vita and I will be writing James Bond that same month, st- starting that. Uh, so you can find me, Vita Ayala, on Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> at definitely Vita. I'm there too often. I'm trying to do better. Uh, I am going to be writing James Bond. Well, we are writing James Bond. uh, Me and Danny are writing that together. I am uh, writing Morbius from Marvel Comics, which will be coming out in November. And uh, I also have uh, some creator-owned books out. So Submerged from Vault, which is a trade and can be found uh, in your local comic book shop or online in The Wilds, Black Mask, which should be coming out in trade 
soon. Maybe even next month. Not sure. Uh, we'll see. So yeah, please uh, check out my stuff. Uh, rate and review all that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can be found, I'm Jamie. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff as uh, Art of Jamie Jones. That's J-A-M-I-E. And uh, my book, The Baboon, is now available for sale directly through me on my, uh, what is it called? Big Cartel site. Uh, and that is Art of Jamie Jones and Big uh, BigCartel.com. And you can find The Baboon, which is my uh, love letter to pulp action comics of the 40s and 50s. And uh, I do a web strip for the Monkeys Fighting Robots review site called Tales of Monkeys Fighting Robots. We update every Sunday. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Awesome. And Quarter Killer. And Quarter Killer, please, uh, if you like this commentary but have not read the issue, there is a lot in there that we did not cover. So... Please check it out. All right. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.